It's quite simple, really. You just need to show you some film. You mean like going to the pictures? Something like that. Welcome once again, and welcome back to uh, a wonderful episode. I am Mitch. And I am Stefan, and this is Drag Mitch to Hell, the show where I subject poor Mitch to genre movies that I love, but believe he will hate. And we've been gone for some time. We have been, unfortunately, yes. Uh, do you, do you want to fill people in or no? Yeah, of course. The you know All the electronics in my house decided to just sort of die off one by one. So first it was my laptop, which is where I record this, and then my TV in my living room. Uh, very briefly, my vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but then the, <laughs> that, uh, that just overheated. It needed some time, and that's, that's okay now, thankfully. Um, but yeah, so I had to go through a whole fucking rigmarole with Costco to get a warranty and money back for my TV and, and put that towards the laptop and the TV. So long story short, we now have a laptop that works. It's wonderful. I love it. And I can finally record again. So that's why we've been missing. I didn't have a computer and I didn't want to record on my phone with the, you know, Bluetooth, cheap Bluetooth headphones, like and a microphone that way. It just, it wouldn't have sounded good. So we waited until I had the setup I wanted. So I appreciate your patience, listener, and your patience, Stefan. My pleasure. And we're just some vacuums that need some time off, you know? We need a break. We need to cool that's, down. That's right. Uh, we got this... other things going on, you know? We, that, we got <laughs> lives too outside of this podcast. I don't have a life. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but we've been watching a ton of stuff, uh, a ton of stuff I'm both excited to talk about uh, and some other stuff that I'm excited to trash. Uh, Me as, too, sir. Uh, I can't wait. So how do you want to start this off? Do you want to go, do you want to pepper in the, the dog shit or do you want to like... I think that's, you know, a good way to do it. We could start off with something good and then and then bad and and sort of and rotate. Yeah, How's that, that, sound? that sounds great. Uh, do you is there something that you feel compelled to start with or, um, should, or think, do, you want, do you want me to go first? Like, I'm, I'm fine with either or. Why don't you go first? There's a good possibility that this is also something that I want to chat about because we've both Ooh. seen it. There's I'm going to. I'm going to say I'm going to start with, uh, I think, a unique pick. And then, okay. and, then, and then we can dive into maybe like the the things we've both seen uh, that we can talk about. But I, sure. I, I am, I'm, I'm super excited to talk about uh, one specific thing. It is a limited series television event. Uh, and it is under the banner of heaven, uh, which is a uh, it's created by Dustin Lance, Lance Black. And it is a book by my God. Uh, what's the author? John Krakauer, maybe is, is the he wrote like uh, Into the Air, yeah, 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 like the yeah, climbing yeah. book, like he a very, very prolific uh, nonfiction writer, and I haven't read his books to be completely honest with you. Like full disclosure, I'm unaware of whether or not they are good or not, but there is something about this uh, television series that I think a lot of people before it premiered were worried that it wouldn't be able to contextualize 
kind of like the personal aspects of talking about like religion and faith with you know the the traditional crime neo-noir narrative that's going on so uh this basically follows a uh a devout mormon detective uh his name is kind of look this all up one second <laughs> all right so we have um we have detective jeb pyre who's played by andrew garfield uh and he comes across a murder of brenda lafferty who's played by uh daisy, daisy edgar jones uh, most recently known for her role in fresh um she's been murdered along with her newborn child and then the uh, prime suspect is alan lafferty uh and it's basically the lafferty family is like the uh, what's a good example of like a, a prominent religious family that isn't the like westboro baptist church people <laughs> that's like the only one that comes to mind or i'm like those gross ass people um I don't, I don't have, uh, I'm not religious, so I don't really know, to be completely honest. But they're a prominent family within the Mormon community. And uh, there is immediately, uh, Alan Lafferty is kind of like pegged for the crime as, you know, you know, domestic violence is typically perpetrated by the husband. Um, so he's the initial suspect. Uh, and then it goes into a much more expansive investigation. And I think that's probably the most vague way I can put it without getting this voice. Cause I like, I don't think a lot of people have watched this and I do think it's worth their time. There's one thing that could be off putting for, for viewers initially. And that it was, it was kind of a hurdle for me too. In the first two episodes, there are, uh, reenactments of prominent, M- uh, moments in Mormon lore, <laughs> Done. Okay. yeah, uh, from the the start of Mormonism that could be off putting. Uh, it surely it was for me, and then I started to appreciate how it was rolled into the story and became a, a really unique experience. Uh, so much so that I rated this show two uh, episodes prior to it finishing. I was just like, "This is fantastic!" Four stars. Uh, and then the subsequent two episodes did not disappoint. Um, but yeah, I think that's okay. – so you as ha- having not been exposed to this, did I do a good job of trying to explain this at all? I have no idea. I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you've done a good job of explaining enough to make me want to watch it without going into too much detail. Yeah. Um, it was something that I was vaguely familiar with prior to you having told me you watched it previously. Um, and I watched the trailer and it was definitely something that I was interested in, but haven't really gotten around to, but I think yeah. you've given me a good idea of what I can expect without, you know, ruining anything or, or delving too much into it. I don't need any more than that. Yeah. So I, think, I think you're good. I think what's, what's great about this show is that, you know, a lot of true crime, I like it, there's, there's been such a glut for so long and what separates this from like that tract of like filmic output is that this is a like showing me something that I haven't seen or revealing like a, a community of people that I, I haven't been exposed to outside of the Church of Latter-day Saints commercials when I was a kid. Like, I, <laughs> otherwise, I don't know anything about Mormonism. Uh, and yeah. it is wild. Um, not, not to shame anybody who is a Mormon, but it is uh, it's a lot. Um, okay. And, and I, I thought it was a very interesting experience watching it. 
Um, yeah, I, just great well, stuff. I'm definitely going to check it out. It's it's one of the ones that are on my list to get to. So maybe I'll bump it up sooner rather than later. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that's that's under the banner of heaven. I would give it a heavy recommendation. Uh, do you have something else that you feel maybe similarly or close to in terms of quality or, or not, you know, live your life. Do you want this to be my own thing or something that we both watched and can both chat about? Yeah, it can be, it could be a, a both chat about. I'm, I'm cool with that. Okay. Um, then I will chat about the innocence, uh, which we've both watched, yes. which is a movie that came out last year. Uh, Norwegian, movie uh the director's name eskel vote voigt and he I'm, looks exactly like his name is pronounced <laughs> I have to say it. this guy <laughs> i don't mean to be rude but <laughs> or maybe that is rude i don't know i don't mean to be i don't think so. I, I, you know you can take it however you want to take it but yeah it's uh, it's a movie that's about sort of a, a family uh, the parents and then two children who move to the sort of apartment complex of, of buildings and it follows the the youngest daughter yes I'm, it's been a yes while that's I'm correct happy. yeah the youngest daughter and sort of her escapades throughout the the summer and and meeting some of the other children who who live in these buildings and and making these friends but the way I'm describing it sounds like, you know, oh, it's a fun little cute coming of age movie, which is not at all what this movie is. It's, you know, I'd say drama and horror thriller sort of elements um, because it's like uh, they sort of discover that maybe they have some supernatural powers, like some some things that they can do. Uh, I'll say that she meets this boy who uh initially how this happens is he shows her that he can like move i think it's like a bottle cap or something she drops and he can like slightly move it with his mind or whatever um but an important distinction is she has no powers so there's her there's these two other children and then her sister um who i don't know what sort of disability i i think she's i think she's supposed to have autism okay Um, and like uh, because obviously it's a spectrum and she's definitely on like the the harder uh end of the spectrum like she she isn't able to communicate uh at all with her sister or her parents right um but yeah and so i won't get into too much detail about how the plot sort of carries on um but you know it's a they're like i said sort of figuring out their abilities what they can and can't do but it's a very sort of i'd say subtle sort of pared down dark movie that's like if uh, a creepier version of what if you know it's like x-men children essentially are discovering abilities and things like that but it's it's horrific there are things in this movie that made me, you know, want to look away from the screen or, you know, it, it was, they were rough to watch and I won't get into too much detail. I feel like you oh, yeah. had a similar experience with some of this stuff as well. 
Yeah, uh, the innocence uh, colon uh, new mutants, I guess. Is what we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a hard time going into this to be completely honest, because like I'm not somebody who can deal with like animal violence particularly well. Uh, so it, it was like, it, and it it's very very abrupt and quick when it happens uh, in the film. Like it's within, the, I'd say, the first maybe twenty minutes. I think that's fair we haven't watched these in a long time i have to say like there's these are some movies that we haven't watched in, uh, in, in quite some time so yeah. uh if we're wrong please forgive us but uh it was hard to get through but i think my review of it on letterbox hints the fact that i'm glad i stuck through it because it's a rewarding experience ultimately i, I don't know how to explain this properly i thought this movie did a great job of showing like how amoral children are and like if they had these kinds of powers i think this is a good representation of like how events could unfold uh between one another like the trailer of this movie might make it seem like there's like a villain in this but the villain kind of waffles back and forth and the main character you know both relishes their time with them then also fears them in equal measures at times that that makes it like a very interesting viewing experience and i want to say too much about this film because i don't think a lot of people have watched this i would definitely i much like under the banner of heaven i would say go out and check this out because it deserves attention yeah i think the the less you know going in the better um but yeah do know that there's some definitely pardon me unsettling (laughs) visuals and and things that happen in this movie but not to the extent that it's like jump scares or big musical cues or set pieces or anything like there it's it's super i don't want to say low budget but like it's it's very pared down it's some you know kids in an apartment complex with some you know minor visual effect shots there's not a whole lot of of big action or anything but it still creeps you the fuck out uh, and if you weren't, didn't already find children creepy, this will definitely uh, make you feel like they are. Yeah. Uh, and without yeah. doing typical creepy child things. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I love creepy kids movies, and this is definitely uh, that. Like, this is a movie that America, America would never make, which I appreciate, uh, because they're so adverse to, to, you know, children in violent situations. Yeah, um, which... but, uh, but yeah, I I really liked it. Uh, like I said, went in knowing not a whole lot about it, um, but thought it was uh, an excellent movie and definitely worth watching and, and recommending. So check it out. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, well, that's the innocence. Do we are we going negative now? Because I'll roll two into one. Uh, yeah, let's go negative. All right, cool. So I watched two movies that I uh, both regret the time spent doing so. Uh, the first is The Reef Stocked, which is the sequel to a movie that came out maybe a decade ago. Uh, it's directed by uh, Andrew Truckee. I, I, that, that could certainly be his name. Uh, I, I'm not going <laughs> to try. sounds like a guy who would direct a crappy sequel to a shark movie. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Uh, he directed the original, which I had a decent time watching uh i don't feel strongly about it uh i love animal tax movies i think if you've listened to this podcast you're aware of that fact um so i watched this uh hoping to have a like a a big dumb experience of 
humans getting their ass handed to them uh, in, uh, uh, you know, an ocean situation here. Unfortunately, the main character is affected by uh, the her friend being murders her sister. I'm not even sure anymore because this movie is so stupid. And so abruptly <laughs> it, it, it has like a very uh, aggressively heavy handed uh, domestic violence situation where either her sister or her friend is killed by their spouse. And then whenever the shark is attacking, she has flashes of that. <laughs> this movie is bad. Honestly, so I, the sharks are, an allegory for domestic yes. violence. Yes, <laughs> this movie is terrible. Brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Great job, uh, Andrew Truckee. Uh, I believe he also wrote this. So somebody take his computer away immediately. <laughs> uh, he did write it. So yeah, that's that's uh, good for him. Yeah, this this movie is terrible. It has some awful. Uh, I, a lot of his movies. He did Blackwater, which is based on uh, a really kind of like horrific situation where uh, in Australia a bunch of kids were like RVing, uh, and then it was a uh, I believe like a, either a drought season or a heavy rain season. It was one or the other. It was an extreme of of like weather. So it was either a drought or heavy rain, and and they basically went to go like uh, like. M- go into like a body of water and, and, and get the muck off their bodies. And one of them was attacked by an alligator uh, or sorry, a crocodile. And the other kids proceeded to climb up into the reeds. It must've been a, a, a heavy flood season because they're up in trees that were like half submerged in water. Um, and, and this odd crocodile didn't go away. It just stayed and watched them essentially. And then like toyed with them. So they were kind of like stuck in the situation where they couldn't get out of the trees that they were like found themselves up in and eventually they were rescued. Uh, and this guy, Andrew Truckee made a movie about it called Blackwater, which is okay. Um, so two okay movies. And then this comes out and it, this is just like a, a challenging experience, bad CGI when it happens, awful compositing of actual shark footage with people in other situations. Like it's just, it's uh, it is not good. Um, and I you. go ahead, say whatever right. you want to say. I'm, I'm surprised that I am completely unaware of this movie and the original existing because I'm a big shark movie guy. Like I love Jaws as much as it's not a great movie. I still love Deep Blue Sea. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and then, you know, I've watched 47 Meters Down and I watched the other one with Blake Lively you know, I watch these movies because oh. I like shark movies. I've watched some terrible shark movies. There was one with Dean Cain on the fucking TBS back in the day, like Redwater or something. It was garbage, <laughs> but I watched it. Do you, um, do you want a good recommendation instead of this movie? For a shark movie? Yeah. I, hell yeah. Yeah, okay. Have you seen Bait? I don't think so. Okay, it's it's proper titles Bait 3D, but there aren't 3D televisions anymore. So <laughs> it's going to be Bait 2D experience. Uh, it's about a um, like a shopping center that gets submerged after a tsunami, and then there are sharks all through the the uh, the mall. <laughs> and so it's Dawn of the Dead with sharks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm it's, sold already. I will watch this. Movie. This is, but it's not bad. Uh, and I don't want to like like heighten your expectations to the point where it's gonna like falter, but it's an enjoyable experience. Uh, and like. Okay. 
it's it's not as dumb as it sounds it's enjoyable go watch bait uh don't watch the restocked because it doesn't there, deserve your your streaming dollars <laughs> there was another 3d shark shark night that's shark a movie, shark right? 3d yeah 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 okay that's because when you said bait 3d i was like oh maybe it's that movie because i remember going to see that in the theater no but, no no uh, no okay well i will not watch the reef stocked but i will watch bait yeah uh, and check that out cool i have one other negative review to go throw it at me throw it at you uh i also watched allegoria which is uh directed by spider one which i understand might Sorry? be an insane yeah exactly it might sound like an insane spider name. one like spider as in uh, an eight-legged freak <laughs> Uh, and then one is in the number one. <laughs> this is the singer of uh, Rob's, uh, sorry, it's Rob Zombie's brother, who is also in a band called Paraman 5000, which is why uh, he's probably making a movie right now, uh, because he is leeching off of that kind of credentials, because this is a okay. terrible uh anthology in quotes film it's sorry it is an anthology film it doesn't deserve quotes it it, it isn't the anthology film say like um um like trick or treat where they are standalone elements that are interwoven uh like you know each character is like either subtly or more explicitly interacting with one another and that kind of like connects everything together these are mostly standalone short films and it's all about uh, basically the pain creatives feel. Uh, and that is like so revolting oh to God. me. Like, like, get over <laughs> like, go spend a lifetime working in a garage, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, how dare you? <laughs> oh, like, what a hard life a creative leads. Like, give me a break. Uh, I find that to be like intensely repulsive and annoying. Uh, like, you're lucky to be. In Sorry, the- I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you. Are you hearing that noise? No. Okay, sorry, I was getting pop-ups on my computer and I wasn't oh, yeah, sure yeah. the notification was was coming through or not. I, I don't mean to interrupt. No, no, no it's all right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that that is a compelling narrative for, you know, an anthology film. Uh, and a lot of the dialogue just comes off like heavily overwritten, like, you know, like a, it's almost like normal dialogue punctuated with, uh, uh, and this is me being slightly facetious, but like, uh, like a Shakespearean monologue occurring in like weird moments, like, <laughs> okay. it's, it's like that almost that level of stupidity where it's just like, uh, like th- these two things, uh, do not belong together. Like, it doesn't feel like characters are being written. It feels like. Uh, we're going to have some dialogue and then I'm going to just dump my thoughts and feelings onto the audience for a monologue in a way that feels uh, like it violates the character that you're trying to establish earlier on. Uh, and it doesn't like the problem is it's not funny uh, when that happens. Like sometimes like, you know, right. failure results in a, you know, camp. This is not that because it just feels so like pretentious and, uh it's just unfortunate it's not great um it's on shutter uh where a lot of things <laughs> go <laughs> i don't know like it's it, I, I watched two things on shutter recently and i was just like man i i, I re-upped my subscription after having canceled it for like a year and a half and i just i want to immediately cancel it again <laughs> like <laughs> yeah sucks. yeah well I, and I could be just not remembering, but I can't think of an anthology movie where I'm like, hell yeah, that's, 
a movie I'm a big fan of. So, uh, did you like Trick or Treat or no? I, I love Trick or Treat personally. Trick or Treat is, is to me, it's a it's a good movie, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's the anthology format that is sort of working against it. But at least, like you said, with with that movie, there are elements that are connecting it where it still feels like it's all sort of in the same like it's all one movie but there are these are just different stories that are sort of happening yeah but yeah so anthology movies just are are a tough sell for me anyway yeah and you mentioned the fucking premise or like what these uh shorts are about i just i don't care i have no interest at all (laughs) i was very very disappointed uh just because like a few podcasts i listened to had had given it given it good reviews and i was like man are we watching the same thing because this is like legitimate dog shit um it's it's a pretty disappointing experience um yeah. oh god i want to say something oh uh for an anthology film that i liked i did like southbound which uh, uh i thought was pretty good okay i don't think i'm familiar with it i would check that out i think the the director of the ritual as well as the night house whose name is escaping me daniel bruckner i think maybe he did, he did a uh, a really cool segment where uh a, a character after, after i think an auto accident is bringing either his spouse to the hospital and the, oh, the hospital is eerily empty like it has like a good creepy vibe to it that works really well and a lot of the shorts uh, i think are successful okay. so I, that's one that i'd recommend uh that i i don't know if the they have i can't remember if it has connective tissue or not but i remember thinking like wow this is this is a a fun anthology film and to be honest like i'm not somebody who goes into anthologies uh you know with excitement because i feel like they're typically a letdown you know you have like a few that are yeah good and then the rest are just you know pretty poor quality and to pad the runtime or whatever right but uh anyways that's allegoria uh and i'll stop being negative uh from this <laughs> point forward i believe uh oh i'm not sure i, I, have, a, I have a lukewarm review uh after that okay. uh do you want me to to do two negatives as well because i've got them yeah i mean mitch uh we've been talking about this i i uh i feel like you've never been negative too negative with the movies that have presented and then you watch two uh that you've been uh incredibly <laughs> negative towards and i'm like why are these the movies that i'm picking uh, so <laughs> i i don't think that's entirely fair statement it's, um, it's not it's not <laughs> some of the movies that you've picked have definitely been not films that i really had any uh place for uh malibu express being one of them halloween three season of the witch also not being a movie there i found very much redeeming value in uh um and one of these is a movie that i thought was trash the other one is a movie that's not good but it's not on the same level of sort of me hating it so i'm gonna start with that one okay um which is the Netflix original Russo brothers directed most expensive movie Netflix has Netflix have ever made the gray man, uh, which <laughs> if, uh, you don't know about it. It's the Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, uh, Anna de Armas movie where it's, 
it just feels like your sort of generic like CIA spy thriller. It's been described as, and I think it's maybe based on like a fucking airport novel that you pick up that your dad likes, um, which you know it's, it's pretty much it. It it feels like a movie that doesn't take any chances, uh, spent a whole lot of money, and still wasn't able to put something on screen that was all that entertaining. Uh, so I'm not going to get into the plot because who cares? Ryan Gosling is uh, a CIA sort of agent who has to go rogue for some reason and work against the agency because you've never seen that before. Um, but it's just, like I said, it's it's a whole bunch of stuff you've seen before. Uh, Gosling is fine, but he feels like he's phoning it in for a lot of it where it's like, give me that line reading with just like a little more energy. Uh, <laughs> and then Chris Evans is, you know, he's having fun with the material, but I'm not having nearly as much fun as I think he is, which is disappointing. And then there's sort of some other people in it that are just sort of boring and lame and don't add anything. Um, I'm in the camp of, I don't understand the appeal of, Anna de Armas, if I'm saying their name correctly or incorrectly. Uh, Anna de Armas, I think. Yeah. Where she's certainly attractive, but I don't find her to be uh, an incredible actress uh, at all. Yeah. Um, In Knives Out, I didn't think she was overly strong. I saw her in that Ben Affleck erotic thriller, which she's fine in. Like, I don't think she's terrible, but she doesn't add a whole lot for me. So yeah, did nothing for me. The dude from Bridgerton, Reggie Jean Page or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. Never watched that show, but he's in this movie as well. And I don't know what he's doing, but it's not good. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's weird because this movie clearly, like it looks like they spent so much money and put it to such poor use. Um, it's just kind of lackluster. Nothing's exciting. The there's always something that seems to be obstructing what you're like the action you're watching where there's one sort of fight scene early on in the movie and it's Gosling and this other sort of rogue bad CIA guy um, and they're fighting but it's amongst all these like firework cannons where fireworks are going off like next to them and they're all different like you know neonish colors. And it's an idea that like on paper sounds like, oh, this will look really cool. But when you watch it, it's just like, this is boring and I can't see what's happening. And when even when I do see what's happening, like the action is boring. I don't know. It's it's just when I finished watching it, it was just kind of like, eh. And I feel like that's the Russo brothers <laughs> sort of to a T where it's like they've made some Marvel movies that have been good Marvel movies but it's still Marvel content, which I'm sorry to everybody out there that loves Marvel, but we've talked, we know, I don't love the Marvel cinematic universe or really any of those movies sort of forgettable fluff for the most part. Right. Uh, And, and this just felt like they, they sort of continue that there's no risk taking. It's just sort of generic and fine and competent, which is, not what I look for when I watch a movie. I don't want to just see a competent movie, especially when you spend $200 million on it. Uh, yeah, that's so, insane. Yeah. So 
I didn't have huge expectations for it because I've seen some of the other Russo brothers directed or produced projects and they're all kind of like that, like that cherry movie with Tom Holland or 21 Bridges, which they produced. Um, it's just sort of generic, like it's fine. It feels like we've been here before. It's competent. The end, you forget about it. Yeah. Uh, and this movie is the same thing. Uh, I, I don't believe you've watched it and I don't know that you have any plans to either. Uh, I'm not going to watch it. Uh, just make a community movie. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all it's for. On Letterboxd, I was like, I had reviewed it and was looking at other people's comments. And, and one of them was like, oh, I guess it's true. Like the Russo brothers really did peak with that paintball episode of community. <laughs> uh, it's oh, a great episode. True. It's a great like, episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the gray man, and I don't know if you have any what questions. What an appropriately about it. named movie! <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> much so. Um, I don't have any questions for you. I just read an article right now while you were talking. Uh, not that I was listening, but I'm doing two <laughs> things at once. I can multitask. I promise you. Okay. This. Okay. Um, I just saw that uh, John Carpenter is uh, saying that he's ready to end his ten-year directing hiatus. It's been over 10 years, but uh, oh, wow. he's uh, willing to come back. Uh, obviously, I don't know if I should be excited or not, because based on his most recent yeah. effort. Preston's uh, coming yeah. to say hi, apparently. Okay. Yeah, a little How, dog here. Uh, he's not having the runs anymore, which is great. Um, not but that I think good. our listeners want to listen to me talk about <laughs> dog's poo, but uh, it's, I mean, it's probably more enticing than the green man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what, as what, much as the Gray Man is a big meh, like yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend watching it. I, it's not long, which is good, but like it's just I think meh, there's nothing to recommend really about it. Yeah. Other than if you want to look at handsome men, there's certainly well, and women I guess as well. Uh, there's yeah. attractive people in that movie. Um, you know what's interesting? Yeah. I don't want to like derail you going on to your next movie, but I feel like even the Russo brothers had said in their press junket for this film that this is a one for them situation, which is a very bad way to start like getting people excited about the movie you've just directed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like the, the there are, were a few news articles with like that byline running. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm waiting for the Russo brothers to do the one for themselves. (laughs) What what does that look like? Yeah. It feels like all their movies are the one for them instead of one for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, all right. That's the gray man. What did you like less than this? I mean, I know already, but you know, you know, already. but it's, uh, it's also a new release. uh, A movie that, uh, yeah, continues the trend of the gray man, of the you know sort of cover band shitty version of other movies that you've liked better um but this one i oh man to me this is a a turd uh <laughs> and I, it's rare that i just like hate a movie but this was a painful viewing experience yeah uh and it's bullet train with brad pitt and uh all the other fucking people who are in it who <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henley Henry and you know, a whole bunch of people that are in yeah. it and yeah and some cameos too that you'll be real excited about when you is watch Matt Damon it. in it <laughs> no Matt Damon is not in it um yeah you 
if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen the ads for it. It's a movie directed by David Leach, who did Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blonde and Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast and Furious spinoff movie, and did co-directed the first John Wick. These are his credits. So other than the first John Wick movie, which I like, but I don't love, yeah. um, nothing that is, you know, really a great film. Uh, Deadpool 2 was entertaining, but, you know, I've never rewatched it or gone back to it. Atomic Blonde was fine, and I really didn't give a shit about Hobbs and Shaw because I don't like those movies, and yeah, that was that. But, um, oh, man, this movie. If you want to talk about a movie that is trying so hard to be cool and imitate other way better filmmakers like this is for you because it's got guy Ritchie ripoff dialogue and tarantino stuff and like james gunn and sam raimi it just feels like it's like trying to take all those elements from all these elements from all these better filmmakers and shove them in this movie that should be a fun ride but it is just tedious it's it feels joyless to me that that the dialogue is not clever and it's not funny and it just you you feel it like it's trying so hard to be funny and clever and like you see the influence of of these guy richie movies that have done it way better and then the action is not even very good like at least if you're the guy who did co-directed john wick make your action good it's a movie that takes place on a train but no scene in this movie comes even close to like the bus fight in nobody which (laughs) kicks ass it's great yeah and like give me a scene like that because nobody is also a movie that is you know an action movie that has you know humor in it there's definitely plenty of humor and even in that bus fight sequence there's still humor in that and this is a funny fun movie with action like you could easily do a very similar thing with this movie but they don't even come close to like touching that level of like fight choreography or intensity or anything like fun that that movie has. Uh, and so it's just, you're sitting there and you're watching this and you're like, fuck man, I've seen this movie, everything about this movie I've seen done better 50 times before this, but you like, you really are trying like going for it. And it's over two hours long. I checked my watch multiple times. There's, cameos in this movie that like even the cameos in this movie have been done before like specifically and not in a way that's like you remember this moment from this movie well like this is a a callback to that it's just like its own shitty version of like the same joke can i just can i spoil it for you do you care well, I know, I know one of the cameos is Sandra B because she that, that's why he did the Lost City movie, I believe. Is that okay. correct? Um, yes and no. So Sandra Bullock is, is yes, is in the movie. I don't know anything about why the Lost City stuff happened, but she's like his sort of like handler and she's on the phone with him throughout the movie. So mm-hmm. you hear her voice, you sort of know that it's her and then she appears at the end. Um, but here's like, if, if that wasn't spoiler for you, I'm about to spoil more cameos in this movie for anybody who wants to have the fun of the cameo, skip ahead, you know, two minutes, but 
the scene that I was talking about where we've seen it done before and in my opinion much better is there's a Channing Tatum cameo and he's a passenger on the train and Brad Pitt asks him basically he'll give him some money to change clothes and asks him about something and Channing Tatum makes like some comment about like oh is it like a sex is this a sex thing and Brad Pitt is like no or whatever and then Channing Tatum like has a look or he makes another comment that like implies like maybe he'd be into that sex thing and it just feels like oh it my feels God. like it's this is the end but like a poorer version of that and then he then then that's it he's not in the movie like that's it it's, that's the cameo and i'm just like fuck man this isn't funny it feels like a rehash of something like you couldn't even do your own original like cameo in like you hit you still like lifted from another movie so that was that and then there's uh we'll say a third cameo for counting sandra bullock and that's ryan reynolds and he doesn't have a line in the movie there's the i'm just I, do you care if i spoil more of this movie like it's i'm i'm, I'm oh, not man. watching this movie i'll never watch the movie <laughs> i literally do not care but i'm curious to know so brad pitt is like on a mission to steal a briefcase basically he's right. like a whatever who knows like who what he works for but he's like sorry sort of spy, I, I, sort of. he's he's isn't he like a, a hit person with anxiety is that is that incorrect or no i'd say yes but he no longer does like the hits like okay, he, this okay. is supposed to be like a sort of uh i don't i don't remember the term they use so smash and grab basically just like grab the briefcase and and, and leave like in and yeah. out a theft the end no hurting anybody fighting killing anybody um but the he replaces another agent last minute on this job another agent named like carver and that's mentioned briefly in the beginning of the movie and whatever and he's you know going along and the movie happens and it happens and it happens and then at the end of the movie when like the big bad guy finally like comes on the train and reveals um it's michael shannon by the way um who doesn't <laughs> do like half trying to do an accent and then at times just like abandons it i don't know if it's like russian or whatever it is but it's really not good um <laughs> and then he reveals that like he's orchestrated all of these different like people to be together on this train because like they crossed him and now they're all like dying or whatever and brad pitt is there on purpose because of whatever this other thing that happened where this where his wife died and he's like yeah you're carver and then he's like i'm not carver i'm just filling in like no man and then it like cuts to like carver walking away from like the car crash that killed the guy's wife and he takes a mask off and it's ryan reynolds and that's it and then we cut back to brad pitt continuing the scene with michael shannon oh. and it's just like why is this here like it's not like it's not, it's not it doesn't add humor to it it adds nothing to see just ryan reynolds face he's not given anything to do it's literally just pulls a mask off it's ryan reynolds is the other guy that was sort of mentioned and is here like and isn't even impacting the story at all yeah really and then it's gone and it's like what the fuck was the point of this like it's just it, it's so stupid and this movie is stupid and 
I just don't like anything about it. Like there's, and I feel like I'm going on a really long rant here, but I don't care. We're good. We're going to go a lot. <laughs> no, this is going to be a long uh, one. And I'm cool with that. Cause we haven't done anything in a while. Yeah. I, I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. and, and, and this is more of like, how would you feel one of those situations? So I, I think there's something interesting about somebody subbing in for a job that turns into a nightmare because the, what was intended for this person is like a cavalcade of nightmare. Uh, if that were structured into the story more, uh, would you have liked that? Like, like it, it, maybe it starts with like the car crash and this person walks away and you know who they are. Uh, and then it's revealed that uh, this person's like dropping out of a job and then Brad Pitt's taking it and you're aware of the consequences of it going into this. And it's kind of like built into the story more. Do you think that would be make an appreciable difference for you? So I think I think that could be kind of cool, like like potentially, if it were not just like a throwaway joke. Yeah, no? I mean, I think I would certainly appreciate it more had there been what feels like more intention to it and and having an actual impact. Like, yeah, it it does affect the story in the sense that Brad Pitt is only there, like because. Like yeah. he's in this the place because he's filling in for the job that happened to kill Michael Shannon's wife. Right. That was a different was the different character. But like really, it doesn't feel like there's any consequences there because that sort of moment, while we get like a flashback of it earlier, I can't even remember like what it's in regards to. It's just like a brief car crash thing that I think involves like Michael Shannon. Um, but you don't realize his wife's in the car. And also like later on is when he reveals, oh, his wife was in the car and died. And that's why it's more impactful. But yeah, it just doesn't feel like it actually has any impact because it's not built into the story. Like Michael Shannon's character is referred to throughout the film. I forget what is like the evil bad name, the fucking like white ghost or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh, but then he finally shows up and it's michael shannon and then that's when he reveals like oh this was all my plan blah 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 and his shitty russian accent um but it just like like i said it doesn't feel like it's actually impacting the story as much as like it's written there it doesn't feel like it doesn't it doesn't matter at all so while it it could potentially impact i think this movie needs a, a ton of revamping to make it work better because it throws a whole bunch of like this huge cast of characters at you that are all like on this train. And it feels like smoke and aces, which I don't know how you feel about that movie, but basically a bunch of assassins trying to get at this guy who's got a bounty on his head and sort of fighting each other to get to this guy. Yeah. Um, But this is just like a bunch of criminals from other realms all coming together and, are all connected in some way, but the way they're connected is is boring and and not interesting. Also, and, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say like there's smoking aces, and like the third John Wick is essentially that, right? Is it, is it the third or the second one where the like the bounty on him expands out to his the the network of assassins? Like it it, it feels like such a done. One? It feels like such a done like kicked into the dirt premise that like it's surprising yeah. that this exists period Be- or maybe not maybe this is like so indicative of of how like big budget movie making is is done now uh i think it 
definitely is. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention before I move on to this other thought, and we can sort of discuss. Right. Uh, it's just the the way that it's like formatted is every time characters get introduced, you get like the big fun title card uh, with their like fun name. Also, Pulp Fiction, great, awesome. Um, and, but then it's followed by like a their like backstory. So we get like a flashback to like something involving them and you get like a little you know short basically of of their backstory and then now we're back on the train but that continues happening for like an hour and a half of the movie like probably 60 percent of the movie is is done and now a new character shows up and it's like the red viper or whatever and then we see her backstory and it's like oh my god i don't fucking care like you should have established the characters already. We're so far into this movie and now I'm we're interrupting it again to go back to this person. And then it happens again, like at the end of the movie. And it's like, oh my fucking God. Like it's it's so tedious and works against the movie having any sort of flow. Like there's just yeah. too many people and like trying to cram so much shit in there. And like, yeah, there's it's not good. As you can what tell by it's, it's not a good movie but you mentioned the sort of it's indicative of a big budget movie making and i feel like the gray man and this movie have this similar thing in common um which i sort of alluded to when i was introducing bullet train which is the sort of cover band version of a movie where <laughs> it's just doing things you've already done or already seen done, but worse. It's just yeah. sort of generic and like we're going to put a lot of money into it and you're going to have big name actors, but it's not going to really take any risks. It's not going to do anything different than you've seen before. It's, you know, it's it's a bunch of the same stuff, but we hope like you, you know, pay your money and watch it or sit down on a fucking Netflix and watch it because we spent $200 million on it. So Marvel and, movie making. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's, <laughs> it, it, it feels like all these movies are so similar. Like I had this conversation with my two friends who I went to see Bullet Train with who also both hated it. Um, the one guy sitting next to me <laughs> was physically moving in his chair. He was so upset when, when a new <laughs> character was getting introduced. Like, oh my God. Like like, yeah, like, like, sh like shuffling in his chair because like, fuck off. Like, I'm so tired of seeing this shit. Um, so we all hated it, but we had a conversation afterwards about how these movies feel this way where it's like, they just, you know, if movies with these big budgets, they just come out and they're like limp. Like it just yeah. feels like it's made for, you know, at the same time it's made for everybody, but nobody like, just like, Hey, here's a generic movie. Like, this is just a movie. Watch it, please. It, again, it's like, this the airport novel. It, there, it doesn't feel like anything. And it bothers me tremendously. <laughs> <laughs> it bothers me too, because it feels like uh, the budget of movies now are this or nothing. Uh, yeah. it, it's like ruling by committee to make something that uh, they know, like it's risk adverse filmmaking. They just like know that this works for people in the past. People will go see it. And like surely Bullet Train is on number is the number one movie for two weeks in a row. Granted, this is like the I think the worst summer box office in history. 
which should show people that although this is number one, this is not a win by like any measure of winning. <laughs> like that's yeah. like like being the I'm the best loser at the party, man. Like <laughs> it's like congratulations, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I find it frustrating because like like uh, the, the main movie we're going to talk about, I be- I believe is Nope. Uh, and regardless, yeah. like I don't know, not to like give away how he felt about it. But I think we can both agree that regardless of how we viewed the movie, I was excited to be in my seat watching a movie like that made at that budget. And there's 100%. a reason why it's doing well. You know, like like people need to start respecting the people who are making their movies and getting behind. And I think product. audiences as well. Yeah. Like as much as Marvel movies make a billion dollars because everyone goes to see them. There are other ways to make movies and still make money. You can make smart, R-rated movies that speak to adults. Like right. you can make adult movies, and and then they can make money too. It's just, yeah, it's it's an unfortunate time because, like you said, the the mid-tier, like mid-budget movie doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's gone. It's huge blockbusters, and there's no reason to spend so much money especially on like the gray man like guarantee you 40 million dollars 60 million dollars of that budget went to cast um which is fucking insane yeah um and it it feels like it's just like squandered money where they have so much of it that it's like well let's just like put all this stuff in because we have just endless amounts of money and then it becomes just ridiculous like in in the gray man all the fucking drone shots just like the flying drone that has nothing it's just it's just there for some reason yeah i talked about this with the ambulance too and i feel like it's worse in the gray man where it's just like we're just gonna fly around real fast and then the end's like it serves no purpose it's just there to be a drone shot it's just yeah. like this new thing that you want to try and i don't know it's yeah it's it's very frustrating Consider this a personal note to filmmakers from the both of us. FOV drones, because they're new, like that doesn't mean you should use it wantonly. Like it's ridiculous. It looks stupid. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm. Uh, it frustrates me too. I, uh, I I can't even put words together to convey how frustrating <laughs> it is. Yeah, and yeah. You, I mean, you can call us snobs or pretentious or whatever. There's plenty of movies what? that I'll I don't watch. Think we that are. are. I, 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 sorry, I don't mean to cut. Uh, I don't think we are pretentious, though. Like, I, I just want to see like people trying to make good movies, and that's literally the low bar that I've set. Like, and yeah. like, I'm not saying like, oh, like I, I wanted like somebody to come and be like the new like fucking Godard or something. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I'll watch dumb shit. I just want it to be like fun and like, uh, and and you know, bring something new to the table. New. I want something new. <laughs> Yeah, and like sure, we've got 120 years of of movie making, but there are still untapped wells, which is why something like The Innocence, that's why you watch foreign films because it's not all the same shit that you're getting here. Yeah, um, and like you said, nope. These are that's an interesting movie with original ideas, and it's doing something that you haven't seen before. So there's all kinds of opportunity to do things. Don't just keep giving me the same shit i i co-sign all of this entirely 
All right. Well, I've been ranting for far too long. What? <laughs> we should move on to something positive. I, I can't get you to rant about the movies we're watching, so I'm glad you're at least ranting <laughs> about something. So this is a true. Uh, you just gotta find style. the next bullet train. But that's the thing is, you won't like it either. No, 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 no. I like to be honest. Like a lot of the stuff that I bring, I, I would hope that at the very least you're like, I've never seen that before. So at least I appreciate it for that in like you might not like it and that's like fine but you can at least like there's like some aspect of it that is appreciable i think for you which is why i'm so unsuccessful all the time i think i think right and i i agree and i i've told you this before but i'm gonna put it on here so my my brother who's probably listening to this right now <laughs> can, can hear it but he made a comment to me about how the you know there's so many times where he's listening and it's uh, I'm lukewarm on something or it's three stars or it's okay, but it has redeeming qualities. It's like, is it, but that's because that's true. Like it's, it's rare that I find a movie like bullet train where I really don't have anything that I can say nice about it. But the yeah. movies that you're presenting me with most of the time, they're not my favorite movies. I'm not like, wow, Stephanie, I loved this movie, but you have good enough taste that, you're not presenting me with just pure dog shit that has no redeeming value. Like it may not be everyone's cup of tea and you certainly don't think it's my cup of tea, right. but like something like Sensor, where I think it's like a good movie, but I didn't love it. It's like, this is a movie that has like 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and is very well regarded critically and very successful. So like, of course I'm going to see something in it that is good. You know, yeah. it has some value. It's doing something that I can appreciate. Something like Malibu Express, not so much. Uh, oh, they're ready <laughs> for a hard ticket to Hawaii, oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so like, there's a couple like that. But for the majority of the movies that you select, like they're not movies that are, you know, universally despised. Yeah. Uh, and have nothing. So, and I, when I watch movies, I am looking for something interesting or original. And it would, this would be a really boring podcast if, <laughs> if if I just hated everything that you presented and was like, oh, yeah, that sucked. Oh, yeah, yeah. but the acting sucked, too. And the writing sucked. And the cinematography sucked. And the story was dumb. And everything sucked. Yeah. It's like, well, it's much more interesting when there's something good about it, at least, to discuss. Like, yeah, it's fun to to rip on dumb shit. Um, but at the same time, again, that gets old pretty quickly. Yeah. So, and again, there's enough podcasts that rip on like dumb yeah, stuff. Exactly. This is, you know, you know we, we're analyzing the movie and seeing sort of what works for, for my taste and what doesn't. And, and yeah. that's that. So yeah, I'm not sure how the fuck we I even got on this, but uh, uh, that's for you. Uh, I won't name you, my brother, but uh, I, I don't know. Anyone who fucking listens to this probably knows who he is anyway. Man, but, speaking uh, about Censor, I did a really bad job of explaining why I even brought up St. Maud as a comparison. Because the whole point of me bringing up St. Maud for why you wouldn't enjoy Censor was the fact that you didn't like St. Maud very much. And there were a lot of commonalities between both films. And I never even like bridged that idea. It's like assumed everybody had that innate knowledge. Uh, Everyone and, else has seen St. Maud and, yeah. and, and, and Sensor, and they know. These are two big, huge, you know, releases. They, you know, uh, it goes Top Gun, Titanic, and then and then St. Maud yeah. in terms of box office. 
anyways i what was editing that i was like man i like my brain and my mouth do not communicate well <laughs> uh and i think that's the, the the nicest way that i can put it half the time but uh there was a point of me bringing it up i just didn't get there so if it didn't make sense i do apologize uh there it's was fun. there was a reason uh, <laughs> all right that's enough of that i believe we have a movie two movies i guess we we both watched yeah uh man i i haven't watched this in so long i'll be completely completely honest here yeah it's been i've probably watched 30 movies since since this so yeah but i'm still happy to talk about it because i feel like the public opinion of this movie is incredibly low um like i'm looking at imdb IMDb right now it says 4.8 out of 10 which i find like you know pretty pretty aggressive (laughs) <laughs> like like i don't think it deserves that i'll be honest like uh yeah the material in it is is uh uh obnoxious and in that <laughs> an understatement but uh the movie we're talking about is dash cam and uh so this is directed by rob savage who had previously done uh host which was a popular uh pandemic film uh it was done over zoom uh and it released pretty quickly and abruptly and garnered you know positive reviews i think this movie is like far better uh and more interesting and more deserving of attention than that film i don't know how you feel i I feel like i I liked it more than you potentially but i'm not sure so why, why don't you just tell me roughly how this this movie hit for you sure it uh i haven't seen host so i have nothing to compare to as far as rob savage's other work but um i i liked this movie i I thought it was was very entertaining um i think i I mentioned in my letterbox review that it it overcomes its obnoxious lead um but but like still delivers it's fun like this is a short fun movie uh but even given that short runtime i still felt by the end i was getting a little bit yeah. tired and be like i think we need to to wrap this up because like, <laughs> we're we're sort of running out of steam here but like it it's a fucking wild movie uh, yeah. especially yeah. given that like i didn't know really what to expect with it like i've seen the log line um and so like i knew a little bit about what it was about um but really not to the level that uh that it goes there um, which was fun. Like I said, it was a wild ride and and I had a good time with it. I don't think it's an amazing movie. Like I said, it definitely has its flaws. And given that it's apparently an hour and 16 minutes and still by the end, I was like, okay, like we're, <laughs> we're, we're doing a little too much now. Um, not great. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's, I think if you're into like a found footage, sort of horror, wild, kind of violent, bloody movie, you'll probably have a good time watching this yeah i love found footage i'm gonna like full disclosure i remember being like um uh i don't know what my age was what's my age again uh not not my current age i'm just joking uh when did blair witch come out um because i i distinctly remember the i'm just looking it up right now so ignore my click clackies uh 1999 so i would have been like a like what what are we saying like a like a 14 year old when this came out roughly 
Uh, and I, I remember seeing like the the internet, like the basically all of the stuff that they created to increase the the lore or the perception of the film prior to its release. And it was like the first, like not the first, but uh, one of the early kind of like guerrilla um, advertising campaigns for a film to increase uh, its notoriety to almost like you know, uh, Cannibal Holocaust levels, not like the same style, like Cannibal Holocaust was just like so aggressively violent and like included like actual animal death. And then, you know, the director was put on trial for, for that film. Like it doesn't have like that level, but it was enough uh, of a comparable experience to, to go into the movie beforehand to, to feel like it was like going to be an interesting experience at the very least not that i bought into any of it i just kind of like appreciated all the stuff that went into it so like that was kind of like what started me on the enjoying found footage train and there are like quite a few you know great movies you know wreck is an amazing movie i would highly recommend anybody to check that out uh and i just enjoyed this and i agree the ending of this uh basically the last like 15 minutes feels like it's been uh, the ending of every found footage movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, there's just not, it, it, there's nothing unique about the ending of this film. What's unique is like the uh, so the Annie Hardy Annie Hardy plays herself, uh, and she has a a real YouTube show called Band Car where she kind of improvises music on the road, uh, and she. I want to say it plays an augmented version of herself, but her Twitter is wild. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if she's actually like the, the, what makes this movie interesting is the, because they use real people. Uh, there's a question of whether or not, because this person is so shitty is any Hardy actually shitty. I don't know. I don't, I, I hate Twitter. So I'm not well enough. I'm not acclimated to uh, the, 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 the Twitter environment to know whether or not uh, she's actually a shitty person, but right. uh, uh, her character is like an anti-vaxxer Trump person, racist, like, like it's just a bunch of like bad things rolled into one. Uh, and she basically absconds with her, her, the, her good friend who I don't understand why he's still friends with her, but you know, they used to be in a band together and, uh, uh, I think that's it. her actual bandmate from when she was in a real band too, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Um, anyways, she steals his car and then picks up a fare when uh, she finds like his phone and she gets a ding. She's like, oh, I'll just do this, whatever. Uh, and thus begins the nightmare. But uh, uh, her character is, is uh, I described on Letterboxd as like a grim carnival ride that we're on. Uh, and and yeah. to, I don't know how to like I like you don't have to like your main character to enjoy a movie and I feel like a lot of people are just like oh she's a shitty Trump person like I've had enough with Trump gross idiots like I'm done so this movie is done to me and I feel like that's why it has a 4.8 on IMDb and I don't think that's an entirely fair viewing experience because like it is a, a wild ass ride and I don't like half the time I don't want to be on that ride, but it's still wild. So I'm just watching it. And there's a, like the, you know, we're, we're essentially seeing her 
uh, her band car feeds. So we're seeing like like awful comments pertaining to what, like what's going on. And it, it 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 feels you know you feel kind of like complicit in in what's going. I don't. It's just an odd experience, and I really liked it. Um, I like sorry, really liked is a str- like maybe strong endorsement. I I, I give it a three point five out of five. Uh, so I, I had an interesting time. Will I watch this ever again? I'm not entirely sure, but uh, you know, it's good enough for you to check out. And I don't understand why it has such a low rating. Honestly, yeah, I think that uh, I think that you're probably right, given the the main characters, Trump support and racism and anti-vax, and not in a thoughtful way as much as you can be you know what i mean like very like loud about everything it's like here's my megaphone about why you're like a uh you know uh cuck sheep who whatever like it's just like so she is obnoxious and that's what i mentioned before it's like but the movie overcomes that you compared it to like a, a carnival ride it's like yeah you're you're on a carnival ride and she's sitting next to you shouting about vaccines and you know causing autism or whatever while you're riding this roller coaster so like she's annoying but like the roller coaster is still fun yeah um and i think that you're right i think that having a character like that be your lead people are like no fuck you especially given the fact that she seems like similar at least to this character in her everyday life and people don't like her for that um so yeah. I think that 4.8 or whatever is a little low. I would I would think that had that not been the case, it would be in like like the six range on IMDb, yeah. um, which I think would be more appropriate. It's it's a fun movie, but it's not. I don't think it's like anything special. Yeah, no, that's that's completely fair. It doesn't do anything too too unique, which is a, I think a criticism that would be fair of his earlier movie too. That is. Uh, more well received like it does it it's a literally a zoom horror film that ends after like the 50 minute cap of a zoom meeting and that's kind of like how the movie ends like the meeting has ended <laughs> can i briefly uh, again i don't want to make this go super long but no, briefly no, no. touch on also there is another movie also called dash cam that i watched thinking that it was this movie (laughs) i struggled to find this actual movie that movie is it's not even close to the same it's also like a found footage but like or like all on like a laptop sort of movie that really doesn't have much to do with a dash cam like Mm. this one does i see it's Um, gravitas ventures so you know it's good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, they uh, they are a uh, not a great distributor. Let's say that. Okay. That? Well, yeah. So just be careful when you're seeking this movie out. Uh, there are two movies with the exact same name that I think both came out like you know within the last couple of years. So yeah, just make sure you get the right one. I'm just looking at some stills from the other one, and I'm like, nope, not for me. Although I see Larry Fassenden is in uh, is in the the wrong dash cam. I like Larry Fassenden, but no, it has the uh, same yeah. rating as uh, the other dash cam. <laughs> Literally, it's a four point eight. That's amazing. Uh, but also, like again, this this proves the point. This movie exceeds that IMDb rating 
uh, I find that like to be a bananas comparison. Maybe I just hate like the the um, uh, like the meta review, like the, the combination of everybody's review. I think like I'd rather just like see the reviews of people whose opinions I trust versus a bunch of random right. ass people reviewing a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, the is this enough of dashcam? I think so. I think we've we've covered enough and we've gone on long enough here. We could move into our sort of main. Focus. Yeah, uh, we will eventually talk about Prey and the Black Phone and our opinions. But uh, once. Oh, and, and I want you to also before the next one. Oh, men. You're going to hate me for this. Watch men because <sighs> I, I need to discuss this movie with you. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I, and I owe you a movie uh, like me having watched a film like for sure. Like I, it, you've you've accrued so many like, hey, watch this movies like in general in life that I, I, well, I, I know that you're really excited to watch all the school shooting movies. Yeah. So it are obviously the people listening don't know, but every time I ask Mitch for a recommendation where I'm like, oh, I have an evening to like do nothing. Do you have a movie recommendation? He's like, have you watched mass yet? <laughs> like, I don't want like, to watch this fucking movie. Be emotionally exhausted and cry for the next hour and a half. <laughs> That's not, that's not the, the happy-go-lucky <laughs> movie I'm looking for right now. <laughs> Anyways, why don't we move on to Nope? Because Let's do it. I'm excited that this movie came out. I'm excited it was made. I'm excited uh, that it looks as good as it does. Generally, I, I will, I'll just say that I loved it. And Mitch, what are your general thoughts? I will give it a general... I liked it. Yeah. I think, like... <sighs> Is this fair to say that, like, uh, and maybe this is, like, cribbing from your letterbox review, which I've already uh, read, is that while it wasn't the best movie for you, you're still stoked that it was made and you're excited to see what'll come next. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, So this movie follows the Hayward family. And uh, they are uh, basically a ranch that does a lot of film work. So they are animal wranglers who will bring, you know, a horse to set, explain to crew how to appropriately interact with them. And that's kind of their deal. They are their their great, great, great grandfather, as the trailer suggests, was the first person captured on film riding a horse. And things get a little inch. I don't like I don't want to say anything. I don't want to if you want to explain the movie further, but I don't even know how to how to give a, a vague explanation of this film. Uh, so why don't we just say maybe spoilers here on out uh, is that fair because like i don't i don't know how to how to unpack this yeah i mean i think that if you're familiar with the movie you probably have seen the trailers which don't give a ton away but they definitely tell you what the movie's about i think the second trailer does a, a more aggressive job of explaining like the general gist of the film uh okay well yeah sure we will say we're we're gonna spoil stuff from Nope. Yeah. If if you haven't seen it, don't listen. Turn us off and come back when you have. Yeah, go see the movie immediately because it deserves your money more than I don't know. Whatever. Bullet whatever train. Yeah, Bullet Train or whatever fucking Marvel movies coming out next. Um. Yeah. All right. So uh, a more uh, descriptive explanation is that uh, the 
the the patriarch of the farm, uh, Otis Hayward Sr., is played by uh, the wonderful actor Keith David, who if you know genre film, you know Keith David. So uh, he's in the movie for sadly a very uh, a short period of time because uh, his character uh, is, uh, you know, a, his brain is obliterated by a falling key as like a, a bunch of like weird uh, inorganic uh items begin to fall from the sky this kind of preoccupies daniel kaluuya's character oj hayward who is uh, otis hayward senior's son um and he begins to suspect that there might be something in the sky uh is this is this fair so far yeah absolutely cool yeah, you hit you're good all right solid uh, we also have Stephen Yun's uh, Ricky Jupe Park, uh, who is a child star of. Uh, is is the show called Gordy's Home? Is that what, is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> cool. So uh, he is a uh, a child star. Uh, sorry, that's the second show that he's supposed to have been on. There's a there's a previous show that he's most famous for, then this show, which stopped abruptly when the. Uh, the chimpanzee named Gordy attacks the set, uh, which, all right. So, you know, I love animal attacks movies. So this movie's already just like giving me a high five, telling me I'm a special boy and that I can enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I, like there's just so much about this that I love. Um, uh, also I was, uh, when I was younger, I was preoccupied with the Oprah Winfrey segment that had dealt with a chimpanzee attack uh i after mitch had uh, watched the movie i sent him that reference then you looked at it and i can't remember what you said but it was like an oh my god <laughs> yeah it's like i've i've seen enough i don't want to i don't want to see more of this yeah it's a, it's a pretty haunting story about uh these two women who are friends uh, uh they unfortunately also shared a power dynamic where one of them was, uh, I believe, kind of like a maid to uh, her friend who was more affluent. And when the more affluent person's chimpanzee got loose, which is a statement that I don't understand how I'm making <laughs> right now, but I'm making it. Uh, uh, she basically told her 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 friend who was acting as kind of like a maid to help get the chimpanzee back into the cage. The chimpanzee attacked her, and it is like... Uh, uh it's pretty horrific uh and i don't know how to explain it tactfully like it's just the 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 person looks like uh a jello mold afterwards and i I don't want to be like i'm not trying to be rude i'm just like it is like it's a it's a haunting image yeah uh of, of what happened to this person it's also why you shouldn't have a chimpanzee as a pet uh not again not trying to shame the person who was attacked but the the owner who is a monster human being uh for allowing all this to happen but uh, anyways, the point is, like, I, chip attacks were in my brain somewhere prior to having seen this movie. And there's just something about the experience of seeing the theater and watching all of this that just felt like somebody had made a movie for me. Uh, like, and that's an insane thing to say, but, like, it just <laughs> felt oddly specific. And, you know, a, a lot of this works for me because this movie is essentially an animal attacks movie all the way through because it is revealed that the thing that has dropped inorganic material is a UFO and it doesn't have uh, uh, occupants. It itself is the alien, which I was such a, a unique, interesting twist yeah. for me as a viewer. I was like, I'm like, I'm 
hundred percent I'm in. I haven't seen like a uh, an alien design this unique in like I don't even know how long. It, it felt like seeing not like the same level of like the like HR Giger alien and alien, but um, like it it just felt like I was seeing something different and fresh and new and and everything about it was amazing. The wardrobe person had like uh, characters in a wipers shirt and another one in the Jesus lizard shirt. Like I, I again, this movie just felt like it was just like telling me everything's going to be all right in the film world. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, that's my long rambly thoughts. Uh, please help me out here. Cause I'm just like talking nonstop with <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. So, I mean, as I mentioned, I liked the movie, but I didn't love it. Um, not nearly to the extent that, uh, that it spoke to you. Yeah. Uh, there, I did really like the sort of twist, uh, that it's not a spacecraft. It's just the creature itself, essentially. Um, which was great, uh, in terms of the design of the alien, uh, we sort of discussed it before, but I didn't love it, but I respected it. I felt like I give them a lot of credit for designing an alien that looks nothing like any sort of alien that I've seen before, mm -hmm. um, which is definitely like, which is hard to do. But that being said, it just wasn't, I didn't feel like it was imposing, um, it, it felt like when the sort of alien was revealed and then when it sort of, I don't know, like changes form, uh, ish and starts to look more like a tattered parachute floating in the wind. Like it's, yeah. it's weird. Like it looks like sheets floating around and, but and again, I, as much as I respect them yeah. for making that choice, it just like, it, it doesn't feel like there's any sort of like it just it removes the tension for me watching a sort of sheet float around and be like that's the thing that's like gonna get them like like okay it's i don't know i just i think that the the movie suffers from the the same issue that a lot of movies like sort of creature movies suffer from in particular which is to me the the build-up was more exciting and much better than the payoff. So the third act for me sort of fell flat a little bit where I was kind of like, I was really invested and, and in on the journey. And there's some really like sort of creepy scenes and moments that happen. Um, and I like that twist and sort of trying to find it with the cameras and everything. Um, and then it sort of just fell off a little bit for me where it's like the, the tension was, was gone and they're just sort of them watching them watching this thing float around and and not really be menacing while they try to capture it um and so like it it definitely felt flawed and i i as much as i really liked the gordy's home chimp massacre on set felt like there was some really unsettling stuff there um it did feel as much as it's like thematically connected to the rest of the movie, it felt to me a little bit disconnected story-wise. Like it just didn't feel like it really fit in with everything else that was going on. Like obviously he's the Daniel Yun character 
is buying horses from him and they have this relationship. So like, it's not like he's completely out of place, but it just doesn't feel like it's as connected with the rest of the story or, you know, impacting the the main characters that we're watching here. So I liked the chimp massacre stuff. Um, he, you know, maybe it's my proclivity for school shootings, just massacres in general, or, <laughs> you know, up my alley. But, uh, but yeah, so I thought that stuff was really effective. It just like didn't quite mesh for me with the rest of the movie. So I still liked the movie. I think there's a lot of really good stuff in it. And I think that you hit the nail on the head with it being, it's, it's, it's very interesting. This isn't a movie I've seen before and it's taking risks and doing things. And I really appreciate that about it. Did I love the movie? No, I didn't love it. It's not my favorite Jordan Peele movie, but I'll probably revisit it and watch it again and and sort of see how I feel on second viewing. And there's definitely really great stuff in it. So yeah. I think it's worth watching. Uh, I mean, at this point, you've probably seen it or you just don't care about spoilers. But yeah. um, but I do think it's definitely worth watching. And like we said, these are the types of movies we want to see get made and go see in the theater and support because it's interesting filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the at the very least, like the cinematography in this is like unreal. Like it, it looks great all the way through. I think there's I don't think there's a section of the film that I, I would qualify as looking poor. Uh, yeah. it, it just looks so much larger. And the budget of this is uh, I don't know what the budget of it is, but I, I would imagine it's lower than the gray man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would think so. Let's, let's see uh, which, which to me is like insane. Sixty-eight million dollars uh, versus. I, honestly, I think it was two hundred for the Gray Man. What the fuck? Honestly, like I don't let get me, it. Let me confirm that. But, maybe uh, like act. We maybe this is why like uh, yeah, the two hundred million dollars. Yeah, this is why traditional stars shouldn't exist anymore because they artificially inflate budgets to like the nth degree. Nobody should be that rich. Like it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know how to like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I love Ryan Gosling. He's yeah, a, a handsome, charming Canadian man. Uh, all things that I, you know, I'm a fan of, but he doesn't need to get paid, which I'm assuming $20 million to be in the gray man. This yeah. movie, there's no reason for this movie to cost $200 million. Yeah. That's bananas. I do have to say, in defense of the the Gordy inclusion, I do think this movie is largely about trying to control things that we are unable to control. Like, like you know, like th this is a a ranching family. This is a that was a show about you know trying to uh, have a chimpanzee, which is you know not a human person, act as a human, and they're trying to like interact with this and, and control this you know UFO, which they also poorly understand. Like it kind of all makes sense. Uh, it does, it, and that's yeah. why I say like it it fits thematically. It just felt like story wise, it again, it, it, it like I liked some of it. It just didn't feel quite yeah. like it was part of the same narrative that I was that was driving the movie for me. For sure, it does feel like a like a tangent, a hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so I largely I think this is a a, a positive, a unilaterally positive review. I'd say, right? Even if you, for sure. yeah. So go out and see it if you haven't. I don't understand why uh, you haven't seen it yet and have listened to us ruin it for you. <laughs> but you know, if you've done that, uh, you know, so go out and see it because it deserves your money. Yeah, and we didn't get into a bunch of stuff that 
you know potentially will surprise you or at least just seeing the chimp massacre play out is oh it's so yeah it is is it's a a chilling experience i think that that is i have to say um i find that this movie and it's weird because a lot of people are like oh this is like an adventure movie blah 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 i found elements of this to be scarier than anything he's ever done in either us or get out uh like the the this is a bit of like a a fake out but like the moment where he thinks there are aliens in his ranch is is scary the barn house i loved that sequence so good good. yeah i thought so that 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 alone is scarier than anything he's ever done as a director period uh so like even if even if large because this is quite a long movie even if you know the majority of it is you know, more of like an adventure styled film. It, it is scarier than I think anything he's ever done uh, in the moments when it chooses to be that kind of film. Uh, oh yeah. There's definitely horrific stuff in, in this movie. Like there's, there's that sequence, there's uh, multiple other sequences where shit goes down. We talked about the chip yeah. massacre. There's some other stuff that I just won't get into, but I agree. This isn't just like an adventure movie. Yeah. This ain't Indiana Jones. 150%. I'm happy about that. Um, yeah. Well, I, we've gone on super long. Uh, granted, yes. I guess like the first like 20 minutes were us, just us shooting the shit. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. My dog desperately wants me to give it attention. Uh, give him attention, I suppose. All uh, right. I'll, I'll, I'll designate him. Uh Something other than it, just out of respect. He's <laughs> looking at me right now. <laughs> There's even another chip attack. <laughs> All right, cool. Perfect. All right, well, All right, well, it's been fun to uh, to do this again. It's been too long, and stay tuned for whatever you decide to be our next movie. I guess. Yeah, I mean, normally we would reveal that, but uh, I had honestly, this was kind of. Uh, I, I don't know what I want to do yet. I have, I have, a, I have right. a, like literally a slew of options. A lot of it's trying to pace out different styles of movies. So we're not like doing two back to back that feel like they are in the same ballpark. You know what I mean? For sure. But uh, we'll get we'll get to it soon. So for now, why don't we just say goodbye? Bye. Bye.